0: Welcome inside episode 478 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains. And again last night, the Senators put up over 40 shots, but leave Pittsburgh with a loss.
1: Yeah, it was another great third period, Ross, though. And uh, the process is definitely there for this team, but they just couldn't quite get the result they wanted. Lots of positives to get into, even though it was a 6-4 loss. And we got a weekend full of games coming up, too.
0: Saturday against the Washington Capitals. Sunday in Columbus. We'll preview both those games. I've got some negatives from last night's game as well. It's not all rosy when you give up six goals. So let's get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senator podcast. Your team every day. Today is Friday, January 21st in Pilsy. How do you think John Marino's feeling this morning?
1: Physically or emotionally, because I guess either one probably real down bad. I, I think going up and challenging a pissed off Brady Kachuk at the end of a loss might be the dumbest thing you could do. Like verbal meme, Brady Kachuk, that's dumb. That's dumb.
0: <laughs> His own meme. You don't, exactly. you don't get that.
1: Often.
0: <laughs> and I read this kid went to Harvard. I don't know. Oh
1: jeez. <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, hey, no street smarts there. That's all book smarts.
0: Hey, he got the beanpot beat down right there from <laughs> Boston University's own Brady Kachuk at the end of that game. Brady had a hell of an effort. Nine shots on goal for Kachuk. And a lot of those were in the third period when Ottawa stormed back. They were down 5-1. Does that sound familiar? After mm. the second period. Um, I want to get into how they got down 5-1. Because it would be wrong of us to go right into the comeback when so. it fell short. <laughs> yeah. If the comeback had been completed, then we could. But Pillsy. This one started ugly, and it got worse before it got better. Yeah, and I think, like,
1: if you're Anton Forsberg, I kind of feel for the guy. He's been put in a weird spot here. I mean, I there, we weren't even sure, like, was Matt Murray going to back up? Like, what's going on here? Is he
0: coming and, on the trip? Like, is he coming to the rink?
1: Yeah, so being Anton Forsberg, you're just, like, sitting, waiting to see what they decide to do with Matt Murray. And then they're like, okay, he can't go, so we'll just put you in there. Like, I don't know. I just... It just feels it feels weird if you're Forsberg. So I don't put a whole lot of blame on him. But that first goal, Ross, that was a mirror image of Buffalo's first goal. Holden, yeah. one-on-one battling with the guy entering the zone. Uh, a pass attempt or stick handle, bobbles, hits his skate, and then the player immediately takes it off his skate and whips it at the net. And Forsberg's not ready, partially screened by Holden. But you can't have that be the opening goal two nights in a row, especially the same defenseman. Like, it was just weird to see that.
0: So that was just about five minutes into the game. Dominic Simon assists from Jeff Carter. And at that point, you're like, okay, it's one nothing." I know that Pittsburgh is an elite team when they score first, and Ottawa is the opposite of that. You could say that for a lot of teams around the league. Pittsburgh with 19 wins, well, now 20. 20 wins in 23 games when they score first. So that in itself is, is pretty impressive, whereas Ottawa only has three wins in 20 games when they allow the first goal. But... They certainly made the most of their next opportunity. Drake Batherson gets his own rebound off a a great pass from Nick Holden to spring him out on a rush. So Nick Holden takes and then he gives. And this was just all Drake Batherson, though, finishing off the play. Great stick-to-itiveness to take his own rebound, go backhand and upstairs on Tristan Jari. What would you see on that goal?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just a play where it's Batherson being like, "I, I want this more than the next guy. Like that defenseman was right there and Batherson just made sure he pounced on that rebound and got it top shelf. So, great goal by Batherson and if you're Drake, that's got to feel good to to score the opening goal for your team with Sid watching. That's that's got to be one where in uh their summer trainings so you can kind of poke fun and uh,
0: say, "Yeah, remember that one uh, Sid?" We don't often see Drake Batherson lead all forwards in ice time. 22 yeah. minutes and 31 seconds. That's got to be a career high for Drake Batherson. Probably, yeah, for 30 sure. Yeah, it's
1: got to be. I mean, he he was having a real good game. That whole top line was having a good game. This is, uh, we're jumping a little shots. ahead here. But, he
0: had 20 shots on goal.
1: And each of them had two points. So that's a solid game from your top line. And really, there's no fault to be had on
0: them. No, but what did you see afterwards as things broke down? Oh, dude, D- Batherson played 24-40 against Buffalo.
1: Wow, okay. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. My God, that's insane. I would not have guessed that.
0: Crazy. I was just looking up what his uh, career high is in ice time. Last year, he hit 21 was the only time he got over 20 minutes. So, yes, certainly up there in terms of career high ice time, although that Buffalo, that, that jumped off the page. However, it also jumped off the page in a negative way how Ottawa responded after tying this game at one.
1: Yeah, and my lookout player, Ross, he, he showed up tonight of getting Malkin, uh, just keeps things going. And that was a tough goal, the second one, too, because it was a point shot that gets tipped. And Forsberg makes a save on the tip, which is is pretty solid, but that's a bouncing puck. He has it right in front of him. He's trying to cover it. But again, big, strong Malkin. Like if he wants to take that puck from Forsberg, struggling to cover it, He's going to get it. He's going to outmuscle you and he gets it and buries it. And that's just classic Gino. And that makes it 2 one at
0: that point. Let's get into how it became three, one the first time. <laughs> yeah. and this was not a pretty goal on Anton Forsberg where the puck is below the, below the face off dot between the goal line on the far side on his glove side. And you see this more behind the net when you're trying to be able to poke the puck where you flip your blocker and you're trying to just use the back side of your blade. Yeah. But this time it hits the blade and goes right past him. That one was a stinker, but DJ Smith's elite at challenging. You got to give the sense video coach credit because he's 100%. right on the ball. And I got to think they have one of the best challenge percentages in the league this year. I would agree with you. Like I, I can't think of a challenge gone
1: wrong. Can you? No,
0: not off the top of my head.
1: I mean, I think there probably has been one, but yeah, it doesn't stand out to me. That's for sure. So I, I would was, uh, that I, agree with That was way offside. Yeah, that was very offside. Like offside. That, that was one where you watch the replay and right away you're like, yep, let's keep this moving along. But back to the Forsberg play, and I talked about it this on the postcast, as a house league all-star goaltender, that is a classic move when you don't trust your defenseman. Like I was pulling that kind of crap all the time because I had to act like a third defenseman and no offense, but back door there was a player there and the defenseman covering him was Josh Brown. So do I fully blame Anton Forsberg for being like, Hey, I might have to do a little extra to try to stop that cross ice pass. No. However, that's not the proper way to do it because you couldn't have made a a better bank pass off yourself and through your own five-hole because that's the issue is when you're doing that, sure, you're covering the backdoor play and you're acting as a third defenseman, but now you're half a goalie because you've you've fully exposed your five-hole and you've given an opportunity for that shot to bank off your stick and go in. So I don't love that play there. And some people are thinking, okay, well, the goal got disallowed, so put Forsberg back in. Not a chance. And DJ Smith talked about it in the post game presser, um, Ottawa Sun reporter, and he kind of insinuated that DJ Smith might have been thinking about getting Forsberg in if, if I kind of because he
0: would have done that
1: exactly if I like picked up on that correctly. And DJ was like, no, I just knew he didn't have it, and that was it. So that's the right play because as soon if you pull a goalie out. your mind is in a million different places. It's so hard to just focus. And then you're probably pissed off if he puts you back in. Like, oh, now you want me back in? Like, (laughs) So I I think it was the right play. Once you pull a goalie, you pull him. He's done. You need to be absolute with your decision There's no wishy-washy kind of decisions there. So I I thought it was the right move to keep him on the bench.
0: Certainly looks good for Forsberg's save percentage, though. He goes from what would have been three goals on seven shots to then only allowing two. Still not great by any stretch, but... He was done for the night. In comes Philip Gustafson in an unfair situation because that goal was ultimately a power play goal. So because it's called back, he starts with a man down. And, well, yeah. they score again. This time it counts. It's 3-1. And uh, take us through Matheson's goal. Man, Matheson looking like an all-star this game. First star,
1: two goals, and an assist. Like, sheesh. But, um. Yeah, in my notes, I've got uh, Bluger sends it to the net. McGinn gets a quick shot. And McGinn does uh, he does a weird, like, through-the-legs little chip play, which yeah. seemed like a weird time to do that. But, hey, it ended up being effective because Gustafson was not ready for that, and he couldn't pounce on that rebound. And then Matheson, he he follows the play, so you got to credit him there. Not really an offensive defenseman, but he follows the play, heads to the net, and banks in that rebound. And then now, for realsies, it's 3-1 Pittsburgh this time.
0: And then... That's how the first period ended. We should say so after the first period, and get this, pills. Like after that, they're down three-one. Sure, but they outshot Pittsburgh twenty-two yep. to twelve. Twenty-two shots in the first period. In my notes, I've got that as do 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 do. Oh, we uh, we scrolled down because we added a bunch of stuff in here. But I want to say that was a high from at least and do 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 most shots in a period this season I hope that yeah. stat was worth me fumbling around for but <laughs> then at the start of the second period you knew this was coming like Sidney Crosby just absolutely dominates the Ottawa Senators he dominates every team in the league He's said but at that point it's 4-1 you're not feeling good especially when you look up the stat that when Crosby and Malkin both score in a game they were 89-9-3 and Last night was it's their 90th <laughs> win. 90th win in their 103rd game when they both score. That is wild.
1: Yeah, it's insane. And it's insane they've been together scoring goals that often, that there's that many stats to take a look at. And, yeah, I mentioned Bathurston scores. And uh, in summer training, he's he's laughing with Sid about that one. Well, Sid might just be like, okay, yeah, I got one right after. So maybe pipe down there, Drake. But um, that that goal, no chance for Gustafson there. Like, that was just such a good move and sidney crosby i feel like one of his best attributes is his backhand he's so filthy on his backhand yeah. like i honestly think he's probably better on his backhand than a good chunk of players in the nhl on their forehand like that's oh, yeah. how good he is and you're not going to you're not going to get a piece of that if you're Gustafson,
0: so that's tough It's super tough at that point. Oh, we didn't bring up Austin Watson's fight. Well, that's about how memorable it was. Uh, After Mm -hmm. Crosby made it 4-1, then Mike Matheson, superstar apparently, uh, makes it 5-1 with less than two minutes left in the period. At this point, you're not feeling very good about yourself. Even though, again, the Senators carried play for a good chunk of that second period. They got outshot double, but at the same time, like after two periods, Brady Kachuk said it. He was like, this didn't feel like a 5-1 deficit. So let's get in to the third period and how the comeback was mounted. But before we get to that, a word from our friends at Built Bar because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, great friends of the show and great product at Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Comes in so many amazing flavors. You can get whichever one you want most. We recommend just getting a mix box, try them all, why not? They're low in calorie, low in sugar, but they're high in protein and high in fiber. They're great for the health conscious guy or girl because you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. So go check them out yourself at builtbar.com and when you check out, use our promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. It's Builtbar, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. All right, Pillsy. So it was five one, and then it wasn't. How did the Senators get up off the mat and onto the scoreboard? Well, the Senators they really came out
1: in that third period looking different than the second, and getting back to how they were playing in the first period, which I think is what they needed. Because again, the process of the first period was there. You talked about it out shooting them twenty two to twelve, but you're down three one. So the sense say, hey, sure the scoreboard is tilted, but we still feel like we're in this game and. Sanford you know he was my locked on player and uh, I really wanted to see something from him and he was strong on the puck on this play like without him being so strong in the puck that gets cleared and we're not talking about a goal here. He sends it towards the net and thank God Timmy finally gets a goal like this. I think uh, he would have needed a new stick sponsorship if uh, he didn't score soon because he's snapping sticks and giving them away to fans too. So he's running out of sticks. But um, that was a great play by Timmy to stick to that play, find the rebound and bury it. He didn't waste any time. And uh, we talked about it on the postcast a little, Ross. It's too bad that every time Timmy scores, like it's a meaningless goal. <laughs> like they're, they're out of the game seemingly or it just it doesn't have a big impact. But uh, hey, this made it 5-2. And that's what really pushed the snowball down the hill to gain momentum and try to fully force back this comeback.
0: Yeah, well, his last goal meant a little bit. They were down 2-1 against the Philadelphia Flyers. So even though it feels like so long since Timmy scored, it was only like six games A couple maybe. games ago.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I, th- I had been thinking it had been forever, but I
0: mean, that is Four over a month. Four games for him. Four games for him because he missed the True. Calgary game as well. But yeah, over a month if you're just looking on the calendar. His first goal as a 20-year-old, but since turning 20, Pilsy. He's got three points in three games, two apples, uh, one each against Edmonton and Buffalo, and then getting a goal against Pittsburgh. So that was great to see, Timmy. Um, you got to hope that he continues his growth. He played a lot uh, last night as well, so I hope to see that trend continue. But still, at 5-2, no celebration at all. And then the celebration started a little bit because only a minute and a half later, Josh Norris scores his 17th goal of the year. The top line, all getting in on that one. Bathurst and Kachuk earning the assists. And at that point, it's 5-3. And then you're starting to feel a little bit better about yourself going in to the second half of the third period.
1: Oh, yeah. Like 5-3, you're looking at it. This is a game now. And I'll be honest, I live bet the Sens at that point. I was feeling pretty good about it, too, at betonline.ag. But that's a nice play where that's just the, like, sure, this top line is littered with skill like these three guys are so skilled but they're not afraid to get down and dirty like that was a grinding dirty type goal and Josh Norris he he ends up out muscling the defenseman and I'm not sure what the puck bounces off there it's kind of a mad scramble but ends up going in and 5-3 you're only down two goals here and you got a lot of momentum it was looking good
0: yeah, I think it was Chris Latang's skate. Honestly, first okay. it goes off. First, it went off of Josh Norris's skate, and we might have had a challenge on that play. But then, right before crossing the goal line past Tristan Jari, it touches Latang's skate, and then not much later, you, this this play was tough because Alex Formington he uses his speed, he gets in, and if he scores on that penalty shot, the the place goes silent. That's a TSN turning point. Just like an empty building in Canada. But instead, (laughs) Formanton he tries his move, right? He just goes uh, backhand side going across the body to the the goalie's blocker side. Tries that shot six inches above the ice, that area between the pad and the blocker. But no dice. Jari makes a nice save. And at that point, it stays 5-3. At that point, do you want a penalty shot? Or because they're shorthanded in that situation. Or do you want four on four for 20 seconds and then a minute 40 on the power play? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, kind of proposition. But it's tough because Alex Formanton,
1: we see him get so many breakaways. So you've seen what he can do, but he doesn't often score on them. Like really, for breakaway percentages, you think he'd be a little higher. And I don't know about you, Ross, but I would have liked like a guy like Formanton. Use your speed, even in a penalty shot scenario where there's no defenseman chasing after you. I would have liked if he tried to use his speed to his advantage rather than curl around wide. And I I get the move and it is a good move because it opens the goalie up. But I just think you're doing yourself a disservice when you're one of the fastest guys in the league and you're not using it in a one-on-one player versus goalie scenario.
0: We have to talk about Eric Branstrom. It's been too long yeah. into this episode and we haven't already. And we keep we went through this last year at the end of the season too, where it's like, was that Branstrom's best game? No, was that Bar- Branstrom's best game? No, hey, was proof. that? No, was that? Well, every single game, it seems like this kid's getting better and better. He played the most time on ice he had this season and the most time in his career when Thomas Shavad is also in the same lineup. And he was the driving factor on Josh Norris's second goal that made this 5-4 Brady did a bit of nice work there too but the first to to keep up with the play he got tripped up a little bit as he put a the lot puck down Crosby the fully
1: tripped him up like, yeah if that's if, not Sidney Crosby that's a penalty
0: yeah if that's like anybody but numbers 87 on the back yeah that's a trip however Branstrom no worse for wear gets into open ice and Sid, I guess might've thought he was getting a penalty too, because yeah. he lost separation from Branstrom. And then that backhand feed misses the poke check of Matheson and puts it right on Norris's blade. Norris with the classic goal, goal scorers move, even though it was in tight one knee down and just, just plowed it right into the goal. That was an absolute beauty. Oh yeah. Norris is going to find a way to put that in the back of
1: the net for sure. And, I just really want to applaud Branstrom on this play. Like I said in the postcast, I think last year's Branstrom would have given up on the play and been pissed off that Crosby just tripped him up, took him out of the play, and there was no penalty. And maybe, you know, he just he just kind of hangs out and goes back to the blue line to make sure a turnover doesn't happen. But this year's Branstrom, and especially I would even say like this week's Branstrom, has been a whole different player. Like he's playing so scrappy out there. He's throwing hits. He gets knocked down. Still, sure. Well, like that's one of the biggest things we talk about. Branstrom is he gets hit so hard, but he just pops right back up. Now it's not like ooh, like he's crunched and he's a little bit in pain here. Like he just hops back up, doesn't uh, get upset about it, joins the play, makes a smart play, and gets his first point of the season. So I love to see that from Branny, and you could see the excitement on his face when Norris got that goal. Like he was pretty. Uh, pretty joyful there because it had been a long time. Like, even though it was only what, this is his seventh or eighth game, not very many, but this has been a long season for Eric Branstrom and for him to finally get that monkey off his back, even though it's only an assist was a pretty big deal for him. So I'm happy for the kid
0: primary assist though
1: Pilsy come on yep there we go yeah definitely uh, definitely a good one and yeah like just his movement with the puck he's so much more confident anytime there's a loose puck he's so ready to pounce on that and skate it up up the other way he's making good breakout passes Um, I even find his gap control is a little bit better and for a small guy you need to have really smart gap control because you're not you don't have that reach that makes things easier you don't have that radius around you where you can get a stick on something so you really got to be playing aggressive with your gaps and I just think for DJ Smith to trust it, like, I don't know about you, Ross, but I never had uh, Branstrom penciled in beside Shabbat.
0: No, like in, but it's in,
1: working. Exactly. In all of our kind of mock-ups and, like, projections, not once did I think, like, okay, yeah, Branstrom's probably going to spend some time with Shabbat, but it's working out really great. And if you're Brandy, that's got to be nice that DJ Smith's starting to trust you there, because I don't know about you, Ross, but I'd rather play with Thomas Shabbat than Josh Brown.
0: <laughs> oh really <laughs> um and we can't gloss over the fact that was josh norris's second goal of the game it's his yep. third multi-goal game in the last seven and he has 10 goals in his last 12 games he's 22 oh years old contract year. There's, be- there's still people out there that think he's a number two number three center on most teams in the nhl oh he's just a number one because he's in ottawa this kid's an absolute what stud. Are those sharks fans <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, he's also got two assists. So he's at a point per game over his last 12. Whoa, if I go back actually a little further, he's got 16 points in his last 17 games. And that's par for the course for Josh Norris, who is putting up an incredible sophomore season. He's already at 26 points, Pills. He had 35 last year, and he's got 24 games until he matches his season total in that. So just a, a truly incredible year of growth for Josh Norris. And let's hope. That continues because the more success he has, the more success this team will have as well. Unfortunately, the comeback fell short. They had a couple good shots, but none where you're like, oh, they got so close uh, near the end of the game.
1: Yeah, and Ross, that's where a team that has a pedigree, that has a championship pedigree like the Pittsburgh Penguins, they might give you a a little wiggle room. They'll bend but they're not going to break like to that's, be able that's to the
0: grant. That's a grant for your special, a eh? back in the eighties Oilers. He's like, he's like, as long as we're yeah. winning, doesn't matter. If it's six yeah. one, I make it six five. We're still winning.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's a thing where it's tough when you're going up against a team that has so much experience and they're so healthy, like no real major injuries for that team. So you're probably not going to fully get that comeback. And it's funny. Cause Ross, this was, this was like Pittsburgh's version of the Ottawa-Pittsburgh game, right? Like, Ottawa went up 5-0. Pittsburgh almost comes back, but not quite. Very similar here, right? 5-1, and then uh, Ottawa almost makes it, but
0: not quite. Wow, I'd forgotten about that. Interesting. So then, there's an empty net goal at the end. Jake Gensel scores 21st of the year. Pretty impressive, but um, they lose 6-4 the final score. But the good news is, when you're in a stretch of now 49 games in 98 days, you get right back on the horse. We're going to (laughs) preview... uh both games on the weekend i also want to get in to a question that was asked from one of our subscribers on youtube duker blanchfield asking if we could discuss what's going on in the crease in ottawa of course goaltending probably the difference in last night's game if you don't go down that much and you have that same effort in the third period you're probably looking at a, a two point situation for ottawa so we'll get into that after pilsey i believe you have a word from one of our sponsors
1: Yep. And it's betonline.ag. And Ross, I think um, maybe we'll try to stick to the levy locks uh, here other than Pillsy's <laughs> Parlay because our our lock was hit the over and boy did the over hit. That's for sure. So if you guys were following along with our betonline.ag ad, you would have heard that and you would have been off the sideline and into the action. And if you're a sports gambler, if you like uh, spending your night on the couch, putting a couple shekels on the game to get a little excited, betonline.ag is the spot for you. It's a trusted sports book of the Locked On Centers podcast. And since you guys are loyal listeners, we're going to hook you guys up with a welcome bonus promo code. So how do you do that? Easy. Go to betonline.ag today and make a free account on the website. Then, once you got your account all made, decide how much your initial deposit is going to be. Let's say you put a hundred dollars in for your initial deposit. Put our promo code locked on in, and you're going to get fifty percent welcome bonus of whatever your deposit is. So, hundred bucks, fifty percent. You're getting fifty dollars. Bingo, bango, bongo into your free play account, and you've got some money to wager on NHL, NFL mba they've got it all on betonline.ag so check it out today guys go make your free account use our promo code locked on to get a 50 percent welcome bonus it's betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts
0: all right pilsey so now the senators have scored back have had back-to-back games with 40 plus shots but they've got no wins to show for it however Lots of talk, and we discussed it more on the postcast. I'm not going to get into it as passionately today, but you're welcome to go check out the postcast wherever you download Locked On Senators on YouTube as well. We're live after each and every Ottawa Senators game. If you don't mind hitting the thumbs up button, it's easy, it's free, and it goes a long way. For us, the subscription is even better. But we talked about the goaltending, and not only the fact that Matt Murray was in the building getting his ovation for winning back-to-back Cups. Great job. Uh, the Sens posted that montage, by the way. Don't think I needed that. But yeah. at the same time, like how? Ah, I'm at a loss. I really am. Because w- how, are they expecting too much from Anton Forsberg? Like That might be the perfect way to start the conversation because he's a $900,000 goalie who's been on waivers three times in the last year. And they're asking a lot from him
1: yeah but i don't think they want to be asking so much from him right like anytime you, you sign Their a starter goalie doesn't like, play yeah you sign a goalie like matt murray and you give him that contract you're expecting a lot of things and really forsberg was just supposed to be an in insurance here now he's a major piece of this puzzle and he's being used quite often and if, if not yeah he definitely has the most wins this season like it's um it's crazy what they've had to rely on him for and yeah, look, I, I don't fully understand what's going on here. Like for for Matt Murray to be questionable to back up and then they decide he can't back up. They're not even sure if they're going to take him on the trip and then he's there. And yeah, I get it. He's been going through some struggles and you know Pittsburgh's going to be doing the video. So you want to have him there. Maybe be like, all right, Matt, remember when you won two cups? Remember when you did that? Let's uh, let's get that pedigree back in Ottawa now. but. I don't know enough of the situation to fully comment on it, but it definitely throws a wrench in the Ottawa Senators' plan. And it's it's not fair for Forsberg. And for me, Ross, mostly it's not fair for Gus. Like, Gus hasn't played an NHL game in so damn long. Starved one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is how he ends up getting back into this game. And he didn't even have that many games in Belleville when he was down there because he had to come back up because Matt Matt Murray was, uh, we're not sure what's going on. Out there. again. So, it's, it's a tough situation here and really it's not allowing for any goalie to get their, you know, fulfill their role properly here. And to, to try to answer your question, I don't know what, what they can do here because Matt Murray is just so in, unpredictable. It's so inconsistent what you're going to get from him. And look, I'm, I'm cheering for Matt Murray. I'm hoping the best for him. And when he's good, he's good. But you don't know when he's going to be good. And when he's not good, he's not just not good. He's He's bad. He's very bad. So there are a lot of questions that need to go um, answered here. And there's still two more years of Matt Murray's contract left here. So this could be an ongoing issue that the Sens are going to have to figure out a long-term solution for.
0: And those last two years of his contract, he's making $8 million in real money. $8 million. And he's played nine games this season. He has two wins. And I don't want to get... Off topic too far, but like everyone's like, Oh, he had two amazing games in Alberta. He had an 892 save percentage in Edmonton. Edmonton blew a 3 1 lead after the first, after the second period. Anyways, it's it's all it's still a win. A win's a win. And in Calgary, he was unbelievable. In Calgary, he was the reason they won that game by the amount that they did. I just from an optics perspective, it didn't really sit well for me that he's up there, get smelling his flowers and. No mask, illness, and then he's watching his teammates struggle on the ice. I think a video tribute, it would have looked a lot better if he was in the crease and was able to just put his helmet up and look up at that one. But, again, we don't want to speculate too much because we don't know if it's something going on. Whatever it is, we don't know. But the Ottawa Senators right now need a goalie, and they're paying one $6.25 and he's got two wins this year. So – that's I think what it comes down to. Would you look at acquiring a goalie, or is this something no. that has to be solved internally?
1: No, it, and it's it's just something that doesn't need to be solved now. Like if the Sens were looking right. at, a, at a playoff contention, yeah, maybe maybe hover over that panic button, and maybe you're like the Edmonton Oilers and you're sweating through your uh, through your suit, if you're a general manager, trying to explain why your goalies are so terrible. I mean, I think they lost 6 nothing last night, Ross, not to get too off-topic here. Yeah, but the did. Oilers are in big trouble here. But if you're the Sens, I don't think you try to make a rash decision here because you're not in a position of power. You don't have leverage right now. If you try to make a goalie move, you're going to get fleeced because general managers know you're doing this out of desperation. So I think... as as much as it pains me to say it, and you're not going to like this, Ross, you've got to give Matt Murray more time because you don't have an option. And Philip Gustafson isn't quite ready to take over. You're still trying to develop him into a goalie. And then Forsberg is just your short-term solution. Like he, if we're being honest, he's probably not going to be here next season. He might not even be here after the trade deadline. So you can't really, you can't really look at that route either. So I think for this season, you got to ride it out. Maybe in the offseason, it's something you address, but I I don't know what they're going to do here because Matt Murray is just so unpredictable.
0: So unpredictable. Would this give you pause, though, in trading Forsberg at the deadline? That was something we were more in favor of before, but at this point, like you need somebody in goal. And not to get, again, off topic, and yes, he struggled in uh, three NHL games with an expansion team, but uh, Joey Decord is second in the AHL with a 925 save percentage. Damn, just man. saying.
1: Why'd you have to bring that up? I'm so sad Joey was the one. I was so sure that wasn't going to happen when they announced oh, no, it. Oh, you was, were. I was crushed, honestly. Joey
0: <laughs> chirped you for that one. Oh yeah, bud. <laughs> oh yeah, you sure? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, sick um, call, dude.
1: Yeah, apparently not. I mean, what was I going to say that I thought he was going to get uh, taken in front of him? I didn't, I w- wasn't going to do that. And I didn't yeah. think it was going to happen, so I wasn't going to lie to him yeah. either. So
0: 218 goals against 925 save percentage right now. Yeah, for we we miss Joey, not just, not just as chill. a
1: guy as uh, on the ice, but he's a good dude overall and a lot of fun to talk with. We, we'll we we'll get back with him in the offseason, that's for sure to catch yeah. up. But uh, yeah, it's it's a tough situation here because if you do trade Forsberg, like, Holy crap! Now you're just being unfair to Sogard and or Mando, and yeah, I don't even want to get into how poorly Mando has uh, been treated not not through anyone's fault, but just through kind of trickling down the the hierarchy right. the of goalies chart. here.
0: But Sogard's not ready for the NHL. I don't think, no, I don't think it's no, best no, no. for him at all. So and
1: and I've I have high hopes for Sogard. So the last thing I want to see them do is throw him into a role he's not ready for because I think if Properly developed, I think Sogard can be a very good NHL goalie. And I don't, I don't know, like, I'm not going to say like a number one starter or anything, but I do think with a frame like that, his athleticism and what we've seen so far, he can be a good goalie. So they cannot squander that chance. And they put up good draft capital to get him as well. So there's a lot invested in him.
0: All right, let's get into a weekend preview briefly before we go. And thank you for making Lockdown Senders your first listen of the day. We truly appreciate it. We just had our all time. Highest number of downloads this yeah, week. Yeah, what a week. Unreal. Well over 10,000. That's awesome. And it's a credit to Sens fans who yep. lock in day in and day out. So we appreciate that. And we appreciate the Senators for having a couple extra games here coming That's up. Nice. Especially they've got the Washington Capitals who are coming off a loss last night. They haven't had many of those losses this year. So they're in Washington to take on this team who is now 22-10-9. and 9. On the season. Can you believe that that's only good for third in their own division? Because yeah. they've got a couple other teams right there. They're going to be missing hurt, a couple big players right now. John Carlson is still on the COVID list, although he might be coming off tomorrow. And then <gasps> Anthony Mantha and TJ Oshie are both out right now. But still, this team, one that you cannot take lightly, is they've got a 36 year old who's playing some of the best hockey of his career. It's insane what Alex Ovechkin is doing right now. And the worst part
1: about that, Ross, is he was lighting it up without his buddy Nick Backstrom. Now Backstrom's back. And they don't even have them same, playing on the same line right now. So they've been able to spread, or I shouldn't say able. I guess they've kind of had to with no and no Oshi. You probably have to split them up. But, man, this is a team that very... I would say, like, they're so similar to the Pittsburgh Penguins, it's crazy. Like, these two teams are very intertwined and... The one, the one thing I would say, and I guess we we can get into keys of the game if we, if we're heading that way right yeah, now, fair. is for a team that has Ovechkin, their power play is not very good. Like I'm looking at the stats here, Ross. Power play percentage. Try try to guess off the top of your head where you think the Washington Capitals are.
0: I'll say wide. Just, just because you sounded unimpressed, I'll say like 12th. Lower. No way. Much what? lower. Twentieth. Lower. No way.
1: 30th. What? They are 30th. Only the Montreal Canadiens and Arizona Coyotes have a worse power play sentence. The Washington Capitals are clicking at a 15% success rate on the power play. And I, I can see you're looking it up here because you don't believe me. And that's that's fair. But um, it's wild that they haven't been able to have success. And that just goes to show you, everyone, like Nick Backstrom is one of the most underrated players because how do you think OV scores all those goals with ease? Nick Backstrom is a big part of that throughout his career. I mean, mind you, I'm kind of going against my point here because he was able to have the season of his life without Backstrom. But you know what I'm saying. So if the Senators have a key here, it's don't let that power play get hot. Make sure you continue to keep them cold because even five on five, this team is tough to play against. So you cannot let a cold power play get hot up against you. So that's my key to the game is keep the power play cold
0: and even though the senators they've given up a a couple power play goals now they've given up a power play goal in alternating games so yes no yes no yes Hmm. but if you go back to their last 10 games because they had that great stretch so yeah maybe i'm stretching it out a little bit much here but the pk is 32 for its last 36 so you got to hope that if that continues then ottawa could stifle a power play and hey or uh you might want to take a peek where number eight is on the ice uh, when he, when your team's shorthanded, although... Well, like, you know where he's going to be. <laughs> yeah, like like you implied, though, more of his damage is being done at even strength yep. versus years past. 19 of his 27 goals this year are at even strength, and this is just a team top to bottom that is extremely tough to play against. They've gotten some decent but not great goaltending. So I'm going to say my key to to victory here is put 40-plus shots up for the third straight game, and I think that Ottawa might be able to pull off an upset. I certainly think that they'll be able to pull off an upset if they put up 40 shots or more on Sunday when they're in Columbus. Just give me a locked-on player for the Sens for the whole weekend. Who are you out your magnifying glass out for for this weekend? Timmy. Timmy with assists in all those games
1: that we talked about he finally got a goal I feel like he's playing with more confidence even though he's still frustrated out there that goal is going to help him a lot and man he he's just playing so much better as a centerman and it's hard not to watch him every time he's on the ice so I'm gonna be locked on to Timmy all weekend especially in a back-to-back scenario will this be his first
0: back-to-back as a centerman it might be as a centerman, ooh, I'm not sure they haven't had a back to back since November, so I'll say probably.
1: Yeah, so that's a that's a whole different challenge when you got two games uh, and you're playing center because it's it's a lot more work than just being a winger and kind of adapting to the play. You're kind of driving the play, so we'll see how he does there. And yeah, I, I I've loved what I've seen from Timmy in the recent time here, although his his minus is still not great. Although plus minus, you can't fully take that uh, uh, to heart, but. Timmy's my guy this weekend.
0: Yeah, and I should mention it was December 6th and 7th. So early December, uh, they had back-to-back games. And then after that back-to-back was the shutout over Tampa. So just a, about how long ago that was. The second half of that back-to-back was the Islanders' loss uh, right. in early December there. So that's that's a good one, though. I like it. I'm going to go with Eric Branstrom, though. I want to nice. see if he yep. can do this consistently over a tight period of, of time here with three games and four nights. Perfect show-me time for Eric Branstrom to continue really expanding his role and his impact on the game because it's looked awesome over this last stretch when he's in. And I just want to see him continue to blossom here before Sanderson makes his mark. Sanderson in action tonight with North Dakota. They're in Western Michigan. Western Michigan, that's a team who Tyler Clevin scored his first NCAA goal on. Remember the beauty where he went short side cheddar? (laughs)
1: No offensive upside, and he just oh. dangles a guy like that and then goes top cheese.
0: Ooh, Yep, so hopefully we'll get some more K-Train magic. Still no Tyler Boucher. We said we'd update that. He's looking to make his debut in Ottawa with the 67s, I always have to specify, uh, in the next couple of weeks. So again, maybe just trying to take the pressure off him. We'll see what's next for him. And hey, new schedule for uh, for TSN hockey. I believe it's tonight. Or no, it might be next week's game, but they had to change around some um, some of their junior hockey showcase because um, because the Brandon Wheat Kings were among teams being shut down with COVID right. cases, so no Ridley Gregg games for a little while. But our boy Carson Latimer is going to yeah. be on TSN next weekend uh, against the Regina Pats, if I'm not mistaken there. So nice. that'll be a great national view of our boy Lat. So uh, lots to follow along with this weekend. You can do that on Twitter at Central. You can follow the show on Instagram as well. Pillsy, any last words before we go for the weekend?
1: Uh, just just one little um, side conversation we can have here. Do you think with the back-to-back here, uh, DJ Smith will look at getting Victor Mete in place of Josh Brown for a game here? No. I think no, not at he all. He loves
0: he loves Josh Brown.
1: Oh man, at all the highlights that I've been watching, <laughs> Josh Brown seems to be on the ice for every single goal. Maybe it's just it's a bias in my head and I'm just looking for him and he's there, but he has not played good and he hasn't even played physical. Like he we no. haven't seen that physicality from I mean, there was there was one hit um, in my recent memory that that was a nice hit, but like other than that, not too much. And Mete hasn't played in quite some time now, so I think if you're, if I was DJ in a back-to-back situation, I would swap Brown out for one of those games.
0: We're gonna find out sooner rather than later. The Sens are on the ice in about an hour. We are again early morning recording here on a Friday, a work day for some, and um, and that means that we'll tweet out at Sens Central when we know a better idea of the lineup. And uh, one last note: Dylan Hetherington was placed on waivers. Yep. He cleared. I uh, don't know. I haven't heard if he's assigned to Belleville or not. Yeah, or uh, or tax. But Belleville doesn't maybe. play for
1: another week, so
0: yeah, who knows? Exactly. This could be
1: some sort of paper transaction here. Actually, it yeah. probably is to save some
0: money. Let's be honest. Yeah. And then we'll do that all over again with JBD. Don't even get me started on that. We talked about that. <laughs> hey, if you missed any locked on Senators this week from Paul Bissonnette to Rosie yes. all the way in Korea, oh yeah, you can go back. There's plenty of content for you. The postcast. I made a breaking news video for the updated yep. schedule. So plenty to find on on youtube at locked on senators or wherever you download your podcast but for today we say goodbye have a great weekend everyone thanks for watching for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day